Hi gang, I'm so sorry about the recent radio silence. Life has recently thrown me a couple of curveballs, but as nobody ever said, when life throws you curveballs, make lemonade. So, where were we? This is the Penis Dialogues, and I'm your host, Chris Young. And for the next, uh, however long it takes, I'll be talking with men about the crisis we find ourselves in and how we're going to commit to changing our particular bits of the world, one conversation at a time. In this, the 11th episode, I speak with the delightful actor Mark Carey about what it's like to be a man in the 2020s and his new stage show, What's Wrong with Benny Hill? Links, as ever, in the blurb. Here's the description from the show's website. Benny Hill died alone in his Spartan flat in 1992. He was 68. His body was undiscovered for several days. Benny was, had been, and still is, one of the most successful comedians of all time. When Apollo 11 landed on the moon in 1969, millions watched live on TV, but that evening, many more had tuned into The Benny Hill Show. Today, The Benny Hill Show is broadcast regularly in over a hundred countries around the world. In Britain, he has effectively been cancelled. What's Wrong with Benny Hill is a brand new musical comedy that explores the life and legacy of a very peculiar and brilliant comedian. It tells the story of his life and shows why he was considered by many of his peers to be the best, an imperial clown. Benny was Charlie Chaplin's favourite comedian. Anthony Burgess described him as one of the great artists of our age. He has millions of avid fans all over the world, so why has he been airbrushed from British comedy history? Why is there no statue or memorial in his hometown of Southampton? Mark Carey, in his latest play, sets out to address these questions and provide an insight into a unique and deeply private man with a very public face and tackles current issues such as cancel culture and freedom of speech. What's Wrong with Benny Hill features Mark Carey and Danny Carberry. I loved speaking with Mark, especially as we ventured into some of those grey areas many of us tend to avoid. Tell me what you think. Do we need to look back so we can move forward? Or what? You, you can get in touch with me at thepenisdialogues at gmail.com or you can find me on the platform previously known as Twitter at Dialogues Penis. Let's carry on the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, we're off, we're, we're up and running. Um, mm. This is the, the Penis Dialogues um, with the delightful Mark Carey. Uh, hello, welcome and thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for inviting me. Now, we have got lots to talk about. I, I don't know if you've even bothered to listen to any of the, the, the shit that I pump out. Um, I, I listened to the one that you sent me, Chris. Yeah. Oh, right. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. a happy yeah. thing. So, yeah. yeah so really, what the, the, the Penis Dialogues is, the, the premise behind it is that uh, men are in crisis. And that we're, yeah. not, we're not doing terribly well with the world and, and there's a whole shopping list of the reasons why we're not. But before we get into that, who on earth are you? Who, who, how would you describe yourself? Um, I'm an actor and a writer, Chris, who um, 
in uh, the world of show business is a precarious one, yeah, as everyone yeah. knows. You can ask anyone, and that's probably the first thing they say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a difficult profession, and that's because it is. Um, so I spent a lot of my time doing other things, painting and decorating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've got two kids, and when they were needing funding, um, I did a lot of painting and decorating, which right, was right. great because what it meant was I saw my kids every day of their life growing up. That's fantastic. Um, and the painting decorating was very dull, uh, in my opinion, and not what I wanted to do, ideally. But if I'd been a successful actor, <laughs> I wouldn't have seen my kids growing up. So um, what's the trade-off there? I don't know. Um, I'm quite pleased yeah. that it went that way. Was the uncertainty a kind of nagging thing at, at times? Yeah, I think the thing the, the thing about being any sort of creative artist is that you feel that you've got something to say. Yeah, yeah. And when you're not allowed to say it, um, uh, it becomes uh, quite frustrating. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think the knack, I think the, the thing that I would say to all <laughs> actors leaving drama school is try and find peace with the way the business works as quickly as you possibly can. Because if you let that thing of, I should be doing better than this, I should be doing a play now, rather than waiting on table or painting someone's back bedroom magnolia. If you let that eat you up, your life will go by and that's not good. It sounds tortuous when you, you put it like that. It sounds like, I don't know. Uh, if, if So you want, a lot, of, a lot of people want to be in a business that they hate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the best job in the world. Yeah, every actor will tell you when you're doing it, and that's the and that's the the, the crux of it. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. You're not doing it a lot of the time, unless you're one of those small group of you know small percentage of actors who do terribly well. Um, so I've come to the conclusion that the thing to do, uh, really, is if you want to do some acting, is to generate your own work. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... I sort of think, oh, that's the way it is these days. But then the more I think about it and the more I talk to people, I think it's the way it's always been, really. Right, right. I think all those people who generated their own work are those actors who have worked. Yes, so, so who would be good to play this part? Oh, me! <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And if there's not a good part knocking about what I've realized is write one for yes. yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So um I've I've always written stuff, poetry yeah, yeah. poetry at first when I was a young man and then plays, short stories and stuff, but plays is the thing that I've concentrated more on because it works better for that person who wants to do some acting. So I've written thumping great, lovely parts for myself right, and right. then played them. Um, doesn't make any money, but it scratches the itch. Yeah, well, yeah, I can imagine it. It's a, it's a, a hell of a, an itch. Grow, <laughs> growing up with, in, in the acting world, um, was there, is that a manly thing to do you know, in, in the culture that we were brought up in? Yeah, it's an interesting one, that, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think it is essentially a manly thing to do. Yeah. Um, although, of course, going back in the day, it was only uh, men who could be actors. But 
that's another story. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. It's interesting. When I, when I first got, I went to, and I think you can, um, you can um, recognize this scenario, Chris. I went to a massive comprehensive school, mm. 12,000 working class white kids in the West Country Hordes. in yeah. the 70s. Yeah. Where fighting was, yeah, yeah, uh, if, not, if not encouraged, yeah. tolerated. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, and it was there was a there was a violent background to yeah, yeah. everything. I don't think I'm being over dramatic when I say that. Very very different from now. The whole idea of bullying, I don't think, was even a, you know, a, a thing. This was sort of establishing a pecking order, perhaps, or. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you every you always knew who the hardest boy in the school was. You didn't did. You? And you when did. I asked my son who was the hardest boy in Chipping Camden School, he looked at me as if I <laughs> said, "How far is Pluto away from Saturn?" <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but um, so what happened is I then I I got drama in the way that people get God. I think. I mean, I, I really, really took over my yeah, yeah, life yeah. in a big, big way, and I thought this. When I first did a play, you know, a school play, it felt like I don't want to sound pretentious, but like coming home. Do you know what I mean? It I felt, felt like, like you'd this arrived. is a world that I belong in in some way. Oh, I don't. Man. I couldn't explain it. I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, you might have it with sport, might yes, you? You might yes. have it with, I don't know, crossword puzzles. You might have it with, um, I don't know, music, of course, music. Yeah. But, but uh, so, so I suddenly found myself loving this thing, um, not thinking, of course, that it was a profession or yeah, anything. Yeah. I mean, just this thing, doing a play, this is becoming a somebody else. And I thought, I am going to get so... Uh, bullied yes. for doing this yeah. by not only the hardest boy in the school but all the other boys yeah, who yeah. are all harder who'd, than me who queue up <laughs> yeah. yeah they're going to all queue up to twap me one you're... by one <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like that scene in Airplane where they're, they're all queuing up to hit, hit, hit the woman who who was crying with a baseball bat yeah, yeah, anyway exactly so, yeah no exactly that exactly that scenario so I thought that um, who was the hardest boy Gary Haley the hardest boy yes. in school if, if you're listening Gary I hope you're well um, <laughs> the hardest boy in the school and all the, all the ones down and all, most of the hardest girls in the school as well were going to give me a really hard time for doing this thing yeah, standing yeah. up on stage because, of course, Chris, I used to do things in, like in assembly. Right. So right. although none of these kids would come and see me in a play yeah, uh, in the yeah. evening, of course they wouldn't. They were forced to watch me. In assembly, Dicking yeah. about in right. assembly, being something other than me. Um, and I thought that I was going to get battered. Yeah, But yeah. the interesting thing is, Chris, and, I, and I, I love this about human nature, is because... I think and I hope that they saw that I wasn't bad at it yeah, and that yeah, I was committed yeah. to it and it was a genuine thing. Yeah. I didn't get that. In fact, I got some really, hey, that wasn't bad, Curry, you know, as they punched me on the arm sort of thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, I do. Yeah. It, 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 was, it, it, was, it was fascinating. And, and I even got, um, and this when you're 13, 14, is probably even more potent, is... I could tell that some um, y young women were were sort of looking at me in a different way, right? Um, and sort of had an interest in me for the first time, which I thought, my God, this is um, 
this is some witchcraft that this, is this is different that is pretty uh, uh, powerful yeah um and so that was it I was lost then because I, I, I the so, rest you got, of my life so you got the original um I don't know that I mean, is it the look at me, Gina, or is it the perform? What, what is it? The, was it standing in front of people and and feeling their appreciation, or was it just entering another person's soul? I don't. I think it's a mixture of. A, I think it's it's a nuanced thing. It's not something that you can say it's yeah. any one thing. I I in my experience now, having been around theatre now for you know getting on for fifty mm. years now. Um, I've and observing actors and talking to actors and theatre people. I think those who go into it for showing off reasons, and there are some, quite, yeah, quite yeah, a lot yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't think they sort of stand the course because I think they find out that that's not really something to sustain you. I I always say this. I, I say this a lot to my wife Cecilia that that I'm sort of compelled to do it. Right, right. I keep, I'm, so like, apologies to your listeners if I keep sounding pretentious. No, no. You, I really mean this. You have no choice. Yeah, yeah. It's something that, you know when people say that, there's a catchphrase going around at the moment, and people say, it's what I do. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I think that sums it up perfectly. It, it, it's it's sort of, well, that feeling of being at home being that I got home. when I yeah. was 13, 14 at school is still something that, that's with me now. I just love being around actors creative people, yeah, telling yeah. a story. It's really not about showing off. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love it when people come up to me and go, like, you were bloody brilliant in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that that happens all the time, by yeah, any stretch. Yeah. But, you know, or, or or taking your bow at the end of a show and it's gone bloody well and people are clapping and whooping. That, lovely. That, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Is a, that is a lovely feeling. But it would be a very... It's a very long and complicated and hard road to get to, to that moment. To so get I, to that, yeah. I don't think anyone would do it just for those. And things. so, so what the feeling I'm getting is that that when somebody, uh, if that's all they were getting from it, it's a bit like being addicted addicted to choose choose any drug you like, and it feels like say if they got that ovation, they'd constantly be chasing that dragon, thinking what well, one day I'll get that again. Yeah, and there lies dissatisfaction and sadness and absolutely misery. I yeah, I think so, and I think if you were always just seeking the uh, the thing that's gonna that's gonna, that's gonna um, get you the most attention, you you th this profession would soon yeah um, knock that out of you because you just because it's a numbers game you get rejected much more than you get accepted you must have rhinoceros skin yeah i i don't i don't know if you do maybe maybe you do maybe yeah. you develop rhinoceros skin or maybe it hurts every time uh, well you've i don't know I, I i don't know the answer to that question yeah, I, yeah. I don't feel as if i'm a person with rhinoceros skin Maybe I am, or maybe you do that thing that we all do in life: is you, um, you put something in a box somewhere. Yeah, so going yeah. for an audition and not getting the job, yeah, is not in the same box in my life as I don't know um, a, a dear friend telling you that they think you've done something all right. that they really. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, not in the yeah. same hurt right. area. Yeah. I don't think. I think it's something that you that just happens to you. 
so much in life that, it, it, <laughs> that in the I end music accept it. You're reminding me of a, a conversation I had with an occupational therapist friend about a thousand years ago, and she said that we all do what we're second best at. Ah, because yes. if we do the thing that we're best at and we fail at that at any point, it really, really fucking hurts. Yeah, that is a and very interesting... So, so that's what I was thinking, that, that you are... You're, you're arriving at an audition, you're saying, in your mind, I'm at home, and somebody says something the opposite. Sorry, mate, you're not at home. This isn't your home. This will never be your home. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that sounds hard. It, it, yeah, it, it is hard, but, but I don't... I've never, I've never been any. Good. I was talking to an actor friend last week about this, and I, I don't think, in all the years of acting and all the plays I've done, I don't think I've ever got a job right. from a cold audition. What I mean by that is meeting someone I don't know from Adam, right, right, and and auditioning and hoping to get the part. I must have done occasionally. So the the, the, yeah, the small yeah. amount of telly stuff I've done, that yeah, must because yeah. I don't know people in telly. But so I'm talking theatre now. It's always the jobs always come from people who've seen you in something yeah, yeah, or yeah. worked with you or worked with a mate who have right. said, that actor would be good for this part. So the audition is almost like confirmation. They they they've seen you, they like you. Yeah. But let's see a bit more of that ace or I think that's yeah, right. And yeah. I, I, and I, and I think quite understandably that directors want to work with people not only because they're going to be good actors and good in the part. That must probably be the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. But I think they want to work with people that they like to work with. So what I normally do is uh, when I'm torturing my uh, <laughs> my guests is uh, I ask them for a few set pieces in their lives that, that they remember that are, that are sort of formative in in who they who they become. So mm. do you do you have a few moments, a few events in your life you think that that helped help form you? Um, that's a very interesting question, Chris, and something I've never thought about. I. I, going back to the acting side of yeah. me, my life, um, I can remember the first play I ever did at school, Toad of Toad Hall, and I played the judge. And I remember going home with my mum and dad afterwards um, in their Triumph Herald. Wow. Uh, was it sky blue? No, it was It was one of those that was two colours, so it was uh, partly red, partly white. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. Wonderful. But, but but weren't considered beautiful in no, whenever no, this was like nineteen seventy six or whatever it was. Um, so we're driving back in the Triumph Herald from the school, and my mum and dad have been to see this play, obviously expecting nothing, and probably thinking, "Oh my God, we've got to go and see our son be embarrassing in a play." And I could tell from my my dad didn't say much, but I can tell from my mum that they were sort of uh, impressed. Right, right. Um, and that wasn't something... My parents were both very loving. Yes. But yeah. of the generation uh, or of the type of person that that prays what... You know, they, they, they. I think their attitude was if you praise a kid too much, they become a big head. Yeah, yeah. And you, you don't want to pump them so, full, so of, full of Gushing to, is really out. Yeah. Yeah. Which was... Which is not a good idea. But at the same time... If you do get very occasional praise from someone, when you get it, my God, it's... Uh, 
it's powerful when it hits home, doesn't it's it? It's like crystal meth. Yes. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Yes. And don't get me wrong, she didn't say, oh my God, darling, weren't you wonderful in that no, play? No. It wasn't that. It was, I could just tell from yeah, the, what, yeah. the, the silence or something or right. the, the way they were, that they were that they were shocked and surprised and, dare I say it, proud. I yeah. Think. I think they lovely. thought, oh my God, this, you know, this lad, because... I, to be honest, Chris, I, you know, I'd thrashed around up till then. I mean, I was no good at at school at all. Right, you know, I was right. no good at sport. I was no good at the academic side of things. Seriously, yeah, I'm not yeah. being modest. I, 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 I seriously wasn't. Um, and what the other wonderful thing about becoming an actor, because I felt I did become an actor age thirteen, although Ooh, of course I mm. wasn't officially wasn't on my passport. Not that I had a passport. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I felt I was. Um, the other wonderful thing, of course, is it opened up the world of literature to me. Then, Chris. so it was a it was a, it was a motivation. It was, uh, I suppose, when when you do English at school, it's very dry. You yeah, do, it, it's not alive, is it? it? It isn't. And then suddenly, there's this. Yeah. So literature, God, sorry. Well, so so then a big moment in my life was, and they all happened around this time a lot. Yeah, the, um, yeah. So I met a woman who was head of music and drama at my school who I'd fallen out with badly because I was a disruptive kid. And uh, she'd sent me for the cane, because um, we got the cane at our school. Yeah, yeah. That lovely thing. Um, so I was sent to Mr. Tulcher, who was a fearsome deputy head, right. who would scream at people, I taught men how to kill during the Second World War, boy, and I'm not going to take that sort of thing from you. Um, this sounds like an, an absolute sweet actual quote. Yeah. Yeah, crikey. Yeah. Well, uh, so so Monica Shallis, this lovely woman who I who was head of music and drama at my school, and had been an actress. Yeah. And uh, was a wonderful musician and composer as well as knowing everything there was to know about drama. She saw that I had this same thing, toe to toe hall, me playing the judge that my mum and dad had sort of been impressed by. She saw that as well and thought this boy's got a knack yeah. for this um so she took me under her wing and she encouraged me to sing and things like that that I would never yeah dreamt, yeah dreamt yeah. of doing I'm not a singer but you know everyone can sing so she said um uh so I yes so sorry Chris I'm waffling slightly but I so, so the, the, my, my mum and dad in the Triumph Herald that was a big moment I met this woman Monica Chalice who yes. became a lifelong friend sadly she died of cancer 12 years ago um same year as my dad, difficult year. But anyway, yeah. So she said, look, you can be an actor if you want. Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can do this. You can go to drama school like I did. You can. Um, so she opened up a whole um, a whole world to me. And, th and then having been an absolute uh, non-starter at school, yeah. you know, failed all my GCSEs, including drama, uh, and English. That's dedicated to a course. Yeah, that, that really failing. is. That's, yeah, well that's going well, isn't it? That, yeah, yeah. That's really kicking the ass of <laughs> failure. Um, so I, uh, so then I, my mum and dad, bless their hearts, um, rather than saying you will go out and get a proper job. Yeah. Um, the usual thing of yeah, be an actor if you want, but get a profession behind you first. Sure, sure. They were fully supportive. I think partly because they knew I was never going to do anything no, else. No, no. So, so I mean, was it this? It sounds like a gradual epiphany. But but having a teacher say to you, "You can be an actor." 
Um, that's massive, isn't it? It is massive, Chris. It is massive. And the third massive thing that happened yeah. around that time, so yeah. the, you know, between the ages of 14 and 16, yeah. is I left school, which was a dead loss, um, and decided that I would, before drama school, go into O-levels at a sixth form college, at right. Exeter College, um, which is a sixth form college in Exeter. And I did English. And um, my teacher, a lovely woman whose name, sadly, I can't remember, um, she uh, taught us English Lit with a particular passion from her, which translated to me, of the writer Thomas Hardy. Right, right. And um, the, the funny thing was, we had done the trumpet major at GCSE, and I didn't even read the book. And then, honestly, a year later, I'm at, I'm at Exeter College doing English literature with this woman, um, didn't have to wear a uniform, could call her by her first name, didn't even have to go to lectures if you didn't want to. Absolute transformation, Chris, in, in, in everything. Um, I absolutely loved it. And I read all of Thomas Hardy's stuff, all his poetry. I wrote and performed a terrible one-man show right. about Thomas Hardy called Moments of Vision, which I took back to my school about six months uh, after I'd left. Yeah. And the English teacher there, Mr. Dudding, Roger Dudding, yeah, he, I remember his name. He came up to me and said, "My God, you were useless when you were here. What are you doing? Well, what happened? It wasn't. A, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a very good one-man show, but it was. A, it was a big change. A massive from, jump. Yeah. So at school, do you, were you rebelling? Were you? Uh, I don't know what I was doing. I think I was very late to develop. I think I was. I was childish. Yeah, right yeah. up to sixteen, seventeen. I was. I had no discipline. Uh, I'd like to say I got in with a, a bunch of bad kids, but I didn't. Yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. one of the, the bad kids. Not that I was imaginative or interesting or brave enough to do really bad stuff. Yeah, it, it was all yeah. mid-range, yeah. rubbishy, bad stuff. Mumbling in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it was nothing interesting or nothing, you know, edgy. Quietly not doing your homework. Yeah, yeah. just being rubbish. Um, uh, but, so, these... So my so these three women, yeah. <laughs> essentially, I've never thought of it like yeah, that before yeah. until saying that to you just this second. Those three women brought out this thing that was in there, yeah, obviously, yeah, of course, um, and changed my life. I went, I went from the person I was at school, you know. That's delicious, isn't it? <laughs> it that is. is really lovely. Um, so, so acting is. Your, your, your soul. So the world, your life, you know, you're, you're now in your late 20s. Um, <laughs> did, did it, has it all turned out the way you expected? Is the world as you wanted it to be or thought it would be? No, I don't, I don't think it is, Chris. Um, in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I, as a kid growing up in the West Country, I certainly didn't, I, I suppose I thought, if I did think about it, that my life would be in, in Devon. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like everyone else around me. Um, uh, I, the, the whole having a family thing, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I didn't see that as a, as, as a thing. If, if we're talking about me, age, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, as, a, yeah. as a young a young person. Um, 
I don't know. I, it's interesting you asked me this because I'm, I'm, I'm now thinking about it. I, did, what, what were my expectations when I was 16? I don't know. I knew pretty pretty quickly I wanted to be an actor. Yeah, yeah. And th then when I went away to a London drama school, um, I left um, the West Country behind yes, completely. Yeah. I didn't. Look, my mum says this to me now. Right. She said, "My God, you you left and you left. You know, you were gone without a backward glance." Um, and, and, and that's true. I mean, I totally was that running towards or running away. You you think? Don't know, Chris. Yeah, you, yeah, you're asking me questions that uh, are fascinating, and I've not really thought about running away. I suppose to a certain extent. I mean, I did that thing that a lot of people do: of oh my god, you know that place. Yeah, yeah. Now I know that it's like yeah. most cities and areas in the country. You know, there are good and bad things about absolutely. it. Absolutely, it's a absolutely. lovely place, and yeah. there are some nice people, yeah. and there are some assholes, and all that. At the time, I just. You know, it was a hundred percent. London is the place to well, be. That's where I, I everything. Can imagine happens. the the thrill. Uh, how long was the course? So I did three years at a London drama school, yeah. the, the Central School, which is in Swiss Cottage. Yeah, um, yeah. And I met there the people who have become my lifetime friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, no one. Um, there's there's one friend from Sixth Form College when I did drama and English there. I'm still big friends with, uh, but no one from school. Right. Uh, yeah. I I sort of completely left that world behind. The 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 youth theatre that I was in in Exeter are still close to those people, right, and it right. became a drama school, and I'm 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 part of that. But when I went to drama school, um, London and that bunch of people were 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 everything to me. So you'd gone from feeling at home on the stage on your own, I guess. You know, when you when you were the judge in Toad of Toad Hall, yeah. and now suddenly you were at home and you you you'd attracted a family, I guess, at, yeah. at, at college. You know, yeah, as you as you were learning. Yeah, it was so exciting. But also, what you realise, and I'm sure everyone who goes into further education <clears throat> realises this to a certain extent, is the when you were that person in a you were a big fish in a small pond. Right, right. You know, I was the you know, one of the best actors in my school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're suddenly at drama school with people from Stoke-on-Trent yeah. and um, Edinburgh yeah, and yeah. Uh, Penzance. And they were all, you know, the best actor right. in their school. And it's just one year of many, many years of, you know, do you know what I mean? So yeah, you suddenly so so. realise the world of acting and actors is... Is a massive and complex one, and it wasn't like it was when you were the judge in Toad to Toad Hall. So <laughs> that, it sounds exciting and painful all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It was pain. It it, it was painful, but the the excitement just uh, you know squashed any any fear. Or and were you doing sort of a bazillion productions as you as you went along? You know. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. So so by the time I left Exeter, me and my mate Steve Bennett, who was the um, the only other boy in the school who was vaguely interested in drama, he yeah. was two years above me. Uh, um, he and I were doing a play with a different theatre company every night of the week, including Sundays. So we would read plays and put them on. We would bloody hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it was it was absolutely. <clears throat> So I used to have other interests, like, you know, I used to follow Exeter City, and, yeah, and I do again yeah. now, I've come back to it, you know, in, in the last 
30 years, I've come back to it, but all those things went out the window. Yeah, yeah. Dr uh, drama and plays just... That, it, it was like joining was in a it. religious cult, yes. not that I ever have. Yeah, but, yeah. So it, became, it went from nothing in your life to everything, the whole... The, everything you, you breathed from the moment you woke up to the moment you went to sleep. How aware were you of the world developing around you, the UK developing around you, the, the you know, what was going on politically and all that kind of malarkey? Well, go, coming to London, going to London and going to drama school, it was uh, awoke all that as well, Chris. I was only saying this to my wife the other day, that there was an actor in the foyer when I was in my first year and people used to put news articles and stuff, pin it up on the book long, long before the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, a bloke made, Rob Collins, he was called, became an actor. He, he said, racist bastards or something about some article that had been pinned up on the notice board. Chris, that's the first time I'd heard Ra that phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first time I thought that racism was a thing. Yeah. And yeah. a thing to not like. I'd been brought up in a world where... Benny Hill was on the telly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you didn't, you know, you didn't love thy neighbour. You did. You didn't think of that sort of stuff. So yeah. So the world of politics and where you were lefty or a righty or an in betweeny that wasn't something I ever considered. So suddenly, yeah, there, there's this question mark over the world that that you. I I, I experienced something very similar to that when I, I started doing A level sociology, when my my my. Um, lecturer Dave Casewell he used to bound around the, the room very energetic guy I mean it's sociology for God's sake mm. and he, he used to come into the class going hi gang thirsting for knowledge <laughs> he was he was he was, Love him. He, he, he was brilliant but he basically told us that so, sociology is about talking about history and the history that we've been reading is the history of the victors Mm. Or the people who've won, mm. and I found that absolutely mind blowing. You know, it's just what, yeah, you know, I'm a boy from Corby. What on earth are you talking about? And it was just amazing, and, and that sort of sent me off my trajectory. But so, politically, did you suddenly feel your left leanings? You, yeah, yeah, because if you're in the arts, mm. uh, you know, you're there aren't. I suppose there are, but you know, all all most plays, most interesting plays, yeah, yeah. are anti-establishment, aren't they? Yes. It's very difficult to because drama being the Greek word for conflict. If you if you try and write a reactionary play, is it really? It is. That you know, is brilliant, isn't it? Good. Yeah, yeah. And now, as a playwright as well, you that's what you've got to think of. You 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 know if it's the most gentle, beautiful play about a rural idyll, you have to find some conflict. Otherwise, it's it's not a play. That has to be solved. Or, yes. Or, or, or otherwise. Yeah, yeah. 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 There has to be some sort of conflict. Otherwise, you 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 don't have a play. Um. So, um. Yeah, when, I mean, when I went to drama school, also, of course, I went to drama school in 1980. Yes. I was 18. So Margaret Thatcher came I, to power. I just arrived, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, and the minor strike happened after, I, yes. just after I left yeah, drama yeah. school, 84. But, um, yeah, so I, so I bought myself from a charity shop, an, uh, you know, an ex-army coat, which I wore ironically, in my Dr. Martin boots. I had uh, exactly the, that same 
jacket coat thing, yeah. ironically. Did you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so there I was on a full grant yes. given to me by Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Uh, all my yeah. fees paid. Yes. Um, in that right-wing horrible world that, you know, doesn't yeah. compare to today. My, my daughter's, you know, running up huge debts being at university. Um, so we were in that... In that divide and rule world, you yeah, were either yeah. a Thatcherite or you were against that. That's how it felt to me. And I hated her with every fibre of my right, being, right. which was, I'm, I won't deny it, a very enjoyable sensation. Yes. I, was a re- I was a rebel. I was a rebel with an army coat. <laughs> <laughs> so was that like, I suppose finding your sort of political feet was it a bit like joining a, deciding to follow a football team yeah tribal yeah i think it was mate it it was also part of the whole package of yeah i'm in london now i'm living in a grotty bedsit oh, in a grey part of london yeah yeah, uh, yeah you know yeah. i'm doing plays by people like bertolt brecht and howard brenton yeah you know agit prop it was known as you know you don't you don't see agit prop plays these days no. Ag- agitation and propaganda is that right um, and you'd go to the royal court and you'd see people you know i mean yeah i went into a massive echo chamber <laughs> of only hanging out with people who thought like i did but i suppose we've got social media now we go into social media we throw ourselves into that echo chamber if we don't like people we we press block, block <laughs> yeah. we just so we have yeah a whole different yeah. echo chamber yeah and because ev- everyone I knew had no money, and everyone yes. I knew was yes. was a student living yeah. in it, you know, we were all. I suppose thinking back, there probably were a few, uh, you know, more right leaning uh, students, but they kept very quiet, of course, because we were all shouting. Yeah, that's that's funny again. <laughs> There's a guy on my social work uh, course, um, Andy was his name, and probably still is his name, uh, and he he uh, he was. Liberal, liberal Democrat, you know, in amongst a bunks, bunch of wannabe Marxists. Yeah. So he, he was seen as being right wing of Hitler, God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> and how he, how he navigated that, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it must have been awful for yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. So, Let's kill people who believe in proportional representation. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's wild. So, so you, you would introduced to a world of conflict suddenly you you that yeah. racism existed that that poverty existed or yeah i suppose so yeah, yeah. i definitely had a very comfortable upbringing in mm. exeter i mean my parents were very much working class but yeah, they, yeah but they but we lived in a very we lived in a, a bungalow with a big garden in a, yeah. in, a, in quite a posh street in exeter so there were yeah that yeah, the whole class war thing yeah, yeah. that Margaret Thatcher, you know, um, accentuated. There's and, no such thing as society. Yeah, you know, scary. Yeah, exactly. All that, and you know, I became obsessed with you know Billy Bragg and yeah, yeah, all, all, yeah. All, 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 all that. You know, he's a good person to get obsessed yeah, with. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah fantastic. Really... I remember hearing that song, "Days Like These." You know, yeah. I mean, this is later, isn't it? This is mid eighties yeah, now, yeah. but. But yeah, again, feeling at home with it, Chris. Yeah. Like I did um, being in drama. If before you applied to go to college to, mm. to do your three years mm. on a grant from, Maggie. I understand that of Margaret Thatcher's actual purse. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> would you have gone in the knowledge that you were going to be paying that back for the next 
it's now 40 years. Mm. Uh, and so your, your living expenses, everything, you'd be paying that. So it's a tax on you for the next 40 years. Or, or would you have just gone, I'm an actor. This, that, that's just part and parcel of it. I think I would have, I think I would have gone, yeah, Chris. Yeah. I think you have... I, I personally feel I have a very different attitude to things now than yes. I did when I was 16 and thinking of going to drama school. And having seen my daughter, you know, fill in the forms and, you know, take on all that debt yeah, to go yeah. and do English literature, uh, without, without a, you know, oh my God, this is going to be a big debt, but really didn't, <clears throat> didn't stop her. Really. She didn't blink. No, it didn't, it didn't even... Um, it, yeah, it didn't even uh, trip her up in the right, stride right. forward. It did, it, it, okay. And I, I think probably at that age, I would have been the same. Because, of course, you think also you're going to be a successful actor and you're yes. going to make a go of it yes. and you're going to make money and, and nothing else and is going to matter. this debt doesn't matter. It won't, yeah. get, it won't get in the way. Yes. I mean, I, I'm very much against it. Yes, Politically, yes. I think it's, it. you know, those. it seems wrong to me that this generation... Isn't it the first generation for a hundred years who've been worse off than that? Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting stat, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I, I, I think we had it pretty good back in the eighties. Although they do seem like a grim time. In, I, I mean, in some I, I've got my two degrees. I think I, you know, I would be passing my debt on to my grandchildren. You know, yeah. If you know, I, if this governmental thinking had its had its way it's terrifying yeah, yeah. terrifying yeah and I, I find that i find it heartbreaking because i think mm. although you, you were clearly passionate and and fran's clearly passionate about what what she's a way to do mm. i'm sure that there are people who go you know I, I might be academically gifted but there's a job in the factory yeah that i can get and it's just above the minimum wage and I like to go out for a few beers on Friday. Actually, I'm going to ah, fuck it. I'm not going to university. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Pe I'm sure people on the right think, well, if that stops some people going to university because they're not really <coughs> committed, then bloody good. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. I think that's disaster. It is because if you say, you know, if I mean that <clears throat> the Tories are at it at the moment, aren't they? That you know these courses that don't lead to work. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. stop them. How the hell can you equate someone doing a degree in music or, yes. or art history? You, there's the, the, it may not lead directly to a well-paid job, but surely, surely we need those people in our society, don't we? I think without those people, we're fucked. I, think, I agree. Why... Why have democracy? Why have that if we if we can't have the arts? If we if we can't have the yeah. humanities? We can't have that that kind of wonderful balance. But um, I think the biggest mistake econo economists ever made was they 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 see <clears throat> us as Homo economicus. So they see each of us as being single-minded, and that we primarily just want to look after ourselves, make money for ourselves. And care about ourselves, mm. and the rest of the world can go fuck itself. <clears throat> yeah, and they're wrong, because people aren't like that. No, you know, you got the iPhone. Just look at the iPhone. That it, it it was designed by government. You know, the bits are designed by government. The bits 
you know, bit of battery is, 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 has been developed by some community. So it's, it's all, it's a collaborative affair. Yeah. And to say that some genius came up with the iPhone just yeah. isn't true. No. Um, but yeah. people, I think, uh, exactly. kind of self-congratulatory on that. So they're called, they're called the humanities for a reason. Yeah. Aren't they? The yeah. word human is in there. For yeah. a reason, isn't it? As opposed to capitalism, yes. which has the word capital in it, which is good. It seems, yeah. seems a, a little bit odd. So do you think, I mean, we, we were talking about uh, TV programmes of our youth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I mentioned to you the a few, a little while back, me and my mate were watching On the Buses. Mm. Um, and we we... We thought it'd be a laugh. It'd be really good fun. And, and what we weren't really thinking about was that there were only three channels at the time. Mm. So we would watch any old tat. Mm. And the thing that really struck me about on the buses was it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come off the fence. What do you really think? <laughs> it was just... We were, we were saying that we were drunk. You know, when you're drunk, you're ready to sort of receive humour and, and go... Back to the halcyon days, and isn't this fun? And isn't mm. this really great? And yeah, it was awful. Yeah, it was. It really was terrible. And so, but yeah, the, we what we started talking about was perhaps the, the the racism, the misogyny that was peddled to us um, mm. growing up, mm. um, and we didn't question it, did we? No. No, and well, in my household, we didn't. No, we, we certainly didn't. 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 We, we, you know, you know, it's in a petri dish like that that people like Bernard Manning flourish. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it's 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 nerve wracking. So, do you feel we've changed as a country? Have we become more tolerant? Have we become less racist? You know, you know, if TV is a barometer. I I I wonder. Yeah. I I do seriously wonder if we have become less racist, yeah. or whether it's been pushed uh, underground. It's been less. It's become less acceptable. Yeah. To say that we are. Yeah. I don't know. I think there are. So it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I had a review recently for this play about Benny Hill. Yeah, that I'm yeah. Doing. Um, and a, um, um, a journalist called Steve Sutherland wrote a review in the in the Stratford Herald, and he was completely zero tolerance for Benny Hill. Yeah, yeah. Full respect to him. And he said one of the things I would pick up on what he said in his article and question was that he said, "Ask any young person under thirty at the moment, um, whether Benny Hill is acceptable, and they would say no. That's clearly not true, because Andrew Tate, for yeah. instance, we all know who Andrew Tate is, yeah. has millions of follow followers, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Mainly um, young men. So I think that, I don't know, I don't want to sound too pessimistic, I think there will always be racism and misogyny. Um, and I think there will always be people who will peddle it. What I like about today's society, yes. unlike um, when I was growing up, is I don't think you have to go to London and go to a drama school to hear someone go, racist bastards. 
I think if you live, yeah, if yeah. you live in Exeter, yeah, yeah. in a, in a, in the in the suburbs, you will hear those arguments. Yes. Whether you whether you choose to listen to them, accept them, take them on board, examine them, that's sort of up to you. Yeah. But I think there's no excuse these days for not knowing, not thinking I've not heard the arguments. No, that's no. the big difference. I think that 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 we are um, we have access to. The arguments now. What we what we take. I mean, it's the whole thing about the internet, isn't yes, it? I mean, there's yes. far far more information instantly accessible. Has that made anyone wiser? It it probably hasn't, does it? It's it's a. I remember being so excited when I heard those words, information superhighway. <laughs> I that was another <laughs> sort of formative moment for. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God! Really? Yeah. And it's and, and I've got to say the interweb still thrills me. I still it, me I, too. I still like it very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, I like going on a journey where I look at start looking up a woolly mammoth, yes. and then I find out about the political state of Russia in the eighteen twenties. It's just that's great, isn't it? <laughs> well, just, that's why it's called the web, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it uh, goes out in all directions. And... So you think. So I guess I guess the question is yeah you're you're saying that that perhaps that that we are hardwired to be prejudiced. Um, we're hardwired to be prejudiced. I think if oh, I think if you're lazy, yeah. And you don't keep working at it. Sure. I sure. think it is life can push you into that hole. That's yeah. what I would say. Um, I'm very interested. I'm very interested in this whole idea of nuance and how we're yeah, and yeah. how maybe in the last ten years nuance has been under threat. Uh, let's find the grey areas. Let's yeah. meet in the middle. Yeah. Uh, the, it's that old thing of the more the more you live, the less you realise you know, isn't it? That that actually on most questions now, I would you'd probably find me going, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just that thing, you know. Ask this eighteen-year-old me if I would ever tolerate yeah. a, a Tory as a yes, friend. Yes. I would go, no fucking way, Not would a I? Chance. Yeah. But now I know there are some. We were saying this the other day, Chris. Yeah. There's some really nice, yeah. nice in inverted commas yeah. Tories out there who are great company, and there are some people who you really wouldn't want to spend more than five minutes with who are yeah, lefties like us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's not. Uh, yeah. Are we hardwired to be prejudiced? Um, I really don't know the answer to that. Chris. Yeah. I yeah. fear that we possibly are. That's as far as I'll go. On yeah. That, on yeah. that one. What, what do you think? See, I. I was thinking about growing up, and um, I remember, you know, I, I grew up in Cherwell Walk, and I knew that the people in Strathay Walk were somehow different from me, okay. and they weren't different in a good way. There was something a bit wrong with people on Strathay Walk, and then if you go beyond Calder Close... There lies fucking madness. <laughs> so, so you you grow a love for your family, your community, and even no matter how tiny it is, 
and and any kind of difference from that becomes slightly threatening. Mm. You want to protect and love your family, but then you develop a mistrust of what's beyond that. Yeah. Uh, and and I think as the years go by, you 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 cast that aside. But I think we all kind of grow up in something very similar that mm. we were talking about family, blood being thick in the water, mm. you know, you, you tolerate things from your family that you'd never tolerate from friends who, who rapidly become acquaintances, who rapidly become somebody you might send the Christmas card to every seven years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so my, my feeling is, yes, we are, because I think if we had to assess each and every situation as if it were you, our brains would break. So when you come through the door and I see your smiling face, I make assumptions about you that you're not going to attack me with an axe uh, <laughs> or, or kill my family. I, I mean, obviously, I'll check later. Yeah. Um, so we, 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 we make the, those assumptions. So you know, we, we don't see the world. We don't hear the world. We perceive the world. Yeah. And part of that perception of the world is is prejudging, yeah. I guess. And that can be positive prejudging or, or, <clears throat> or, or negative prejudging. It's very, in, <clears throat> it's very interesting what you say. I, I think that, that the, the world is divided into two types of people. Those people who think, who assume you're an asshole <laughs> and you have to prove to them that you're yes, a nice person. Yes, yes. And those people that assume that you're a nice person. Yeah. And you have to prove yourself to be an asshole. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've never known. I'm, I'm with you. I assume people are, are nice. Yeah, And yeah. then wait to be disappointed. I'm not, I've never been sure which is the best approach. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tricky. Um, when I went poncing around the edge of the UK to find myself and um, uh, highlight the experience of people with mental health problems, I'd, I'd recently been in a study where a I was shown a bunch of photographs of, mm. of people. Now, I, I have a label of borderline personality disorder and part of, part of <clears throat> the, the, the credentials of, of, of mine anyway was that you mistrust people. Now, I didn't believe I mistrusted people because I was a fucking social worker. I'd be a social worker for 20 years. I loved everybody, of course. Yeah. So... But I wanted to be authentic for this um, experiment. So they showed me a hundred photographs of people and I had two buttons. One button said trust, one said mistrust. And I want to be authentic. So everybody who came up, mistrust, mistrust, mistrust. Got, wow. to, got to the hundredth person, a little old lady, didn't trust her, but I didn't want to appear to be a complete fucking crackpot. So I trusted her, but you know, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, and and that told me a lot. That was a, a bit of a uh, an epiphany. Yeah. Uh, and so I went walking around the edge of the UK, and I turned that on its head. I decided that instead of having that prejudice that people are going to be awful, scary, terrible to me, mm. I developed this belief that the the next person I met, met was going to be fabulous, was going to be brilliant, was going to be kind, loving, sharing. Mm. Um, so when people, as they invariably do, say something that you disagree with, you just see that as you don't you don't see that as the, the soul of them. You see that as uh, a behaviour. As mm. you know, of course, it, it's fine to disagree with somebody. You know that that that's part and parcel of relationships. 
But if I'd gone into that relationship thinking somebody was an arsehole and they said something I disagreed with, well, that was evidence for them being an arsehole. Yes. Whereas, you know, if somebody was rude, I'd see that as out of character for this person that I just met. So if I, I prejudged them as being being kind and loving. So I think I think the kind and loving and expecting people to be great approach, it serves me pretty well. I mean, you, you, I think occasionally you fall flat on your ass, but I think yeah. I, for me it's the way ahead. What's, yeah, there's nothing to lose either, is there? I suppose maybe if you've handed over some money and then or somebody kills you. Yeah. yeah. But there's not uh, a lot of Having that. wealth from them into your hand. Yeah. 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 But yeah, common sense needs yeah. to be applied sometimes. So <laughs> I, I guess that that takes us, it, we, we, we've sort of danced around it a little bit. They, we, we've got the, we're talking about TV shows from our, our youth and, mm. and, and how this person said, you know, everybody, everybody uh, under 30 hates Benny Hill. Mm. They don't fucking know Benny Hill. They wouldn't, they don't know anything about him except people have said he's racist and misogynist. Mm. Um, yeah. So, do tell. Yeah, I'd, uh, I want to. I want to hear about your show. I want to hear about its evolution in your mind and I, 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 and how it's being received. I, that's what I really want to hear. Okay. So the. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, so I've been going back to generating your own work and, write, yeah, and yeah. writing thumping great plays for yourself, parts for yourself if you want to act. Yeah. I wrote a one-man show for myself 10 years ago and I've been touring it ever since and it usually goes down well. People enjoy it. Um, but what I often get is, enjoyed that, have you got something else? Uh, somewhere along the line of the 10 years I've been doing it, I joined a production company who right. now find me gigs. Okay. So I don't have to ring people up and ask them if I can come to their theatre. Yeah. A lovely man called Gerald Shanton does that for me. He also said, you need two shows, really. I've got, he's got two one-man right, one right, shows. Right. So I thought, well, I'll do another one-man show. Who do I look like? Um, <laughs> because the, the, <laughs> the, the, the first, pl the, the play that I do, have been doing for 10 years, Into the Breach. Yes. Um, it's not about anyone. No, it's, it's about no. my granddad, and no one knows my right, granddad, right. apart from me and my mum. So I thought, well, the best thing to do is to do a play about someone everyone knows. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or a lot of people know. So you, so you can hang it on something. Or feel they know. Or feel they know, yeah. absolutely. So that was my first thought. Uh, then, So this is over, over a matter of... A few years, I imagine, Chris. Yeah, this is all yeah. percolating in my mind. The next thing is, who could I possibly play and who do I look like? I look like like Benny Hill. I did a play in Canada. I was there for three months. I mean, to be fair, you look like Benny Hill's really good-looking brother. Well, thank you so much. That's very, very <laughs> polite of you to say. I did this play in Canada. They all called me Benny. Right. Ooh. Firstly, I think because I had an English accent. Yes. And Benny Hill is massive in Canada. Right, right. Uh, and... Uh, so that was in my mind. I then, um, so I'm doing this acting job and there is a woman in the company who, I've, who I really became very good pals with. I, I very much liked her and I sensed she liked me. Welsh woman called Nia and we, we chatted a lot. Fiercely intelligent woman, very much a feminist. 
I said to her one day, it just came into my mind, I said, would you go and see a play about Benny Hill? She went, no, there are, there are no circumstances under which I would go and see it. Wow. I said, what, no circumstances under which, what if I was in it? She said, well, I might. <laughs> um, <laughs> never, never, oh, all right then. <laughs> and then I thought, well, you know, um, I, I, I played Macbeth a few years ago, yes. so a, a man who kills a load of people on the advice of some witches. Um, <laughs> people don't question whether you'd go and see a play about such a man, but they sort of do Benny Hill. That, that, intrigued, that intrigued me. So I did a bit of research, Chris. There's no play about Benny Hill. There's a play about all those other comedians. Yeah, yeah. Two plays about Morecambe and Wise, three or four plays about Frankie Howard, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah. So it's a market that works. People go and see those plays but there's no play about him. And then did a bit more research and realised he's massive around the world. 101 countries show, right. show the Benny Hill show weekly. In this country, no. No. So the more I, the more I thought about this very unpalatable bloke yeah, who I'd yeah. grown up with watching and, and laughing with my mates in the schoolyard about, you know, ladies bending over showing their knickers. Yeah. Uh, a comedian that I never found very funny, still don't actually, mm. but that's neither here nor there. Um, he's certainly not one of the greats, if you ask me. So there's no play about him. I look like him. I need to do another one-man show. Uh, so I had this idea, I'll write a play about Benny Hill. I soon realised, having talked to Nia, yeah. this lovely um, actress who I'd spoken to, uh, I suddenly realised it can't be a one-man show. You can't possibly do a play about Benny Hill talking about Benny Hill. He has to be challenged. So of course, of course. I realised it had to be a two-hander. Yeah, yeah. And the other person in the play had to be a woman who, yeah. who would challenge him and Perfect. show the other side of yeah. things. Um, so I did a first draft of this play. We took it to Stroud Literary uh, Theatre Festival yes. last year, so the summer of 2022. And we read this play on three consecutive nights to a very small audience. Right. People of Stroud didn't want to see a play about Benny Hill. What are they uh, like? Have I? Yeah. <laughs> There's my prejudices about Stroud. <laughs> or is it Stroud? I don't know. How oh, to go. Anyway, go. <laughs> so the good people of Stroud didn't really want to see a yeah, play about Benny yeah. Hill. Uh, a few people came, um, mostly my friends. Yes. But some people who weren't my friends. Um, Came and after each performance, we had a Q and A. And what I realised is, it so divided the audience that, that they may not have liked the play, or they may have liked the play, or they may have been somewhere in the middle. But what they did want to do is, they bloody well wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Because yeah. The, we had to bring the Q and As to an end forcibly, because everyone had an opinion, and my God, they wanted to let us know. I'm surprised you can get a taser off uh, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Stroud, it's a Hessian taser. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, I was really fired up by this whole thing. I thought this is one of those. I think they're called dinner party plays, right, which mean right. that the chattering classes that <laughs> we're firmly a part of yes. go away and talk about the subject matter of the play. Um, they are dinner party plays. So I thought that's the sort of play I, I, I want to write. Now, we were doing this under the umbrella of the Everyman Theatre in Cheltenham. Yeah. Uh, they were they were giving us some support and um, the, the artistic director there was helping us. And uh, 
they they bailed out and i think they bailed out because they were nervous about the subject matter and i completely understand that i think if you run they'd gone away had a discussion gone oh, yeah God, penny hill really yeah. yeah and i and i know for a fact that there were women in the office yes um that the artistic director shared an office with these women who said why are you doing you know quite vehemently yeah, why are you doing yeah. a play about this man having not viewed it or heard yeah, about yeah. it or any of those things so they 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 let it go as an idea. They didn't want to pursue it. Completely understand yeah, and respect yeah. that. I had then a couple of weeks to think. What do I do? Um, I still believed in it. I spoke to Danny. See, this this is the interesting thing uh, about you. We go back to the the rejection thing. You know, yeah. and and understanding the business, where where I think people may have got hung up on that and gone, fuck it. You know, yeah. This this is. They're wankers, and the rest of the business is wankers. I'm gonna go and live in a bloody mountainside in <laughs> yeah. Lithuania. Or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I there was just I can't I can't tell you why I can't yeah, yeah. explain it why I can't explain why, but there was something at the back of my mind that yes. made me think there's something in this play yeah, that's yeah. gonna ruffle some feathers. Now I'm a man who has written. As a playwright, I've written a, a whole series of very gentle plays. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never written, and not out of choice, but those are the ideas that have fallen into my head yeah, over the yeah. years. And I, I was quite excited by writing a thing that might ruffle some feathers. Yeah, cause a, a bit quite, of itching. Yeah, yes. I wanted to piss a few people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and so we, and I have to say, a massive, massive part of the 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 the, um, the result of the play having actually now been done and we're yeah, about to yeah. tour with is that Danny, the actor, the actress who I uh, I do it with, yes, was very very keen to doesn't like Benny Hill, no, uh, doesn't think he's a good comic, hates what he became at the end of his career, right, as right. do I, yeah, yeah, but she really thought that there was something in it and. The play that we developed together, Danny and I, um, was, and this was very important to me from the start, that the woman in it mustn't be a foil to this famous, in inverted commas, comedian. Yeah, she must yeah. have good stuff to do, a yeah, nice part yeah, to play, yeah, lots yeah. to say. And um, I, th I, th I do think that's how it has developed, that, that I think she... Um, when you go and see the play, yes, she has as yes. big an impact on the evening as, as as Benny Hill does, and it's not a play about Benny Hill. Yeah, although he yeah. is the character and he is in the title, uh, it's a play about um, do we hold responsible individuals for their work? In other words, Ezra Pound, who was a Nazi and arguably a great poet, do we do we stop reading his poetry? Right, right. T.S. Eliot, an anti-Semite. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, uh, you, wherever you go, you uh, you, you know, um, um, Carl Jung, you know, said uh, that Jewish people should wear clothes differently so that we can identify who they are. Do we throw out all their body of work and yes. disregard them as yes. a, a racist and a misogynist and therefore uh, uh, having a, a no voice? Or, 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 or do we take value in some of the... Take value from what's valuable and throw away the rest. Yeah. 
And I think that's right in the zeitgeist at the moment, isn't it? I mean, this uh, Roald Dahl, who was clearly an anti-Semite yes. and, yes. and a mean man and not yeah. nice in many ways. Yeah. Do you say, well, I'm not... I'm not wanting to marry him or spend any time with this yeah. man. I don't want him to be my buddy. He's dead. Yeah. Um, but my kids loved listening to those stories. Charlie, the Chocolate Factory is my kids loved absolute it. Hoot. And and I and I must say I loved the that he would that that story about his granny when he describes her mouth as like a dog's ass, and it's in a kid's book. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and you, the kids roar with, and you just think, well, that's edgy. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I loved that side of him, but so by enjoying somebody's work, you're not you're you're not showing some kind of political allegiance to them. No, well, exactly. I mean, there's that thing of um, who's the composer that was Hitler's favorite composer and 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 a Nazi. It's the um, Wagner. Wagner, isn't yeah, it? yes. So. Um, the the Jewish um, conductor Baron yeah. Boehm is it? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. He because it's never it's never that music is never performed in Israel. But what he did is he got a, um, a, a an Israeli and Arab orchestra half and half. Yes. To perform that those sort of things, I just think that is such a powerful idea of saying yes that this is the background to this. Yeah. But let's yeah. make something good out of it let's make something let's evolve perhaps yeah yeah um i know i think what you're doing it i mean it goes back to people hating benny hill mm. and people Quite hating rightly. benny hill without knowing who benny hill is yeah. really or, or knowing or ever seeing his work but only knowing what ben elton perhaps said about yeah benny hill so you you told me that and it do you, do you want to tell my listener this story? Because uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened is so Benny Hill had been the biggest comic on the telly. He invented television comedy in 1954. He had his own show, first yeah. first comedian to have his own show. All the all the top comedians thought television was really beneath them. Right. It was a right. new it was a new form, and of course, if you perform your act on TV it's finished. You've used that material up because everyone's seen it. Whereas everyone's you, seen it. You can't then travel with it. Yeah. Comedians would tour the country yes. for years and years and years with the same material because they were playing to big audiences yeah, yeah, in a different yeah. town every night. So anyway, Benny Hill um, wrote and starred in his own series called Hi There, which then became The Benny Hill Show. He, he was huge. He was a star yes, overnight. Yes. Having tried to be a, um, a theatre comedian, yeah, dying yeah. on his ass for 10 years, Every night, he then um, he then got his own TV series and invented lots of. Um, I mean, obviously he could because it was a clear slate. So, yes, he could. Do so it. he so he could invent stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he did a he wrote a sketch about um, a man taking a budgie a budgie back to a pet shop for a refund because the budgie was dead. Um, that sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. Yeah. It does sound familiar. <laughs> was it an ex-budgie? Uh, yes. used to be. Uh, yes. Crikey. And Monty Python claimed they hadn't seen it, but I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure that, <laughs> I'm sure that's true. But, um, and he did, a, you know, many, many things. Um, um, t taking the mickey out of um, commercials was and, and TV yes. shows was yes. something he invented. The panel show skit yes. um, was something he invented, playing all the characters. Um, himself, those sort of things he he didn't invent, but he was the first to do it. And of course, you're able to when you're the yeah, first yeah. comic. Well, because you've got blank slate. You, you uh, can... Of course, there are very few things that you could invent now. Yeah, because yeah. it's all been done. 
but and 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 uh, very importantly, I think he is he had very good uh, women actors actresses in his sketch shows. Right, right. Um, uh, June Whitfield and, and and people like that, Bella Emberg, and they had funny stuff to do. Yes, they had good yes. lines. They had nice parts. Right, unlike dare I say it, Monty Python. See we. We don't remember that. We when don't. I say we, I say me. I yes. don't remember that. No. I, I... Well, no one does. Unless you read the books and look back, and, or you're a, an ardent Benny Hill fan. When you revisit it. You don't, you don't see that. This is sound... This, this, the way this conversation is going is if I'm giving some sort of defence to no, Benny Hill, and no. I'm not, because what happened is he refused to change. Yes. Or actually, he did, he did change, but he, he, he went backwards. Right, right. So by the time... The, the the 70s and 80s came along um he 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 was watching shows like the Kenny Everett show with yes. the, with that sexy dance troupe that yeah, he had yeah. hot gossip and Benny Hill thought well this is the way things are going i've got to do i've got to try and match that yes he was still the biggest by far the biggest comic um one of the stats i love is when the uh when the apollo Mission landed on the moon in 1969. It was showed live on TV. That night, more people watched the Benny Hill show than watched the moon landing. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's how big. That's he, quite big. That's how big he was. Um, but then, this is now this is when it all goes wrong. He, if he had died then, yes. he would be thought of, I'm sure, as one of the greats. Yeah, yeah. But what he did is he started to chase it. He also became overweight. Sweaty, he looked like your archetypal pervy old bloke. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't a good look. Almost like a sort of caricature of, of what people believed he was. Exactly, exactly. The tabloids got on his case, having having been a huge... The Sun newspaper, for instance, having been a huge fan of him for years, suddenly turned on him and tried to rubbish him. Right. Um, and he was a, a very private man. And a very odd man, like all those comedians. Yeah, were. yeah, yeah. But as far as I can tell, in all the research I've done, he never behaved inappropriately with any of the women. Sure. Or indeed sure. the men yeah, he worked yeah. with. No, never any bullying, never any temper tantrum, never any bottom pinching in an era when it, where bottom pinching yeah, was there Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the point I'm getting to is it's it's more it's more of a nuanced story than we would possibly just think it's not a tabloid headline it's a it's a man who had a very long career yes yes and and, and this is what happens i think in long careers chris i'm not comparing him to laurence olivier in any way apart from this yeah. that when laurence olivier started as an actor everyone thought he was the new thing yeah method yeah, actor yeah, doing yeah. real acting yes. not the voice beautiful like gilgood and that generation by the end of Olivier's career, 50 years later, he was thought of as an old ham. Yeah. He hadn't changed. Yeah. Tastes had changed. People's attitudes towards him had changed yeah. as well. And that thing, change or die, is so, yeah. is so true in the arts. And Benny Hill didn't. So by the end, he's chasing it, he's old, he's tired, he's run out of ideas. And the last two series he made are really dreadful. Right. From a com comedy point of view and from a from a taste point of view, definitely misogynistic and racist. Awful. Right. Um, from from somebody who wasn't originally, or, or, or wasn't... As a man, yeah. uh, who knows? Yeah. He, he was a very private man. I'm sure he didn't have 
I'm sure he wasn't um didn't have, for want of a better phrase, mo a modern attitude no, to women. No, I think I mean his father. You know, this is an interesting one, Chris. His father insisted on being called the captain. He was huge, a military man, hugely damaged by his experiences in the First World yes, War. Yes, yes. Ran the family with a rod of iron, mean as a tick. Yeah. Tight as a tick, I should say. Not to mix my metaphors. No, no, um, no. Ticks are mean. Ticks I, I, are, ticks yeah, are bloody yeah, mean. Yeah. Um, uh, and so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, a, a complex... And very interesting man. And I think I heard a I heard a very interesting thing that Steve Coogan said recently. So yeah, yeah. Steve Coogan, as you know, is a very fine comic, in my opinion. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. also someone who knows a lot about comedy. And he knew personally Bernard Manning and Les Dawson. Right. And he was quizzed and he and and pushed um, on BBC Radio Four. Someone said, "How can you, you know, say Bernard Manning was this?" Terrible, terrible comedian who should be pushed into, you know, the, the mists of history. Whereas Les Dawson, you're a huge fan of. Surely they, yeah, you know, Les yeah. Dawson's mother-in-law jokes. Yes. And Steve, what Steve Coogan said, and I think this is very, it, it, it struck a chord with me. He said, you could tell with Les Dawson that his comedy, like it or not, yeah, feel it's inappropriate or not, came from a place of love. Right, right. Whereas you knew, Steve Coogan said, I knew that. Bernard Manning's comedy was coming from a place of hatred right, and bitterness. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's so true. You, it's not something that you can you can justify um, in in a, in a logical argument. No, no. Sometimes you have to apply yes, your instinct. It's not. To ma these it's things. not a mathematical equation. It's not yeah. an algorithm, is it? Yeah. So where where do you think Benny Hill fits into that spectrum? I think Benny Hill clearly had was a misogynist. Right. I, and. On the racism thing, I don't know. It's yeah, very difficult. Yeah. I think his attitude to women was pretty dodgy. Yeah. Although yeah. I don't think he was a sex pest. Well, no, none of the women he's ever worked with sure, have yet sure. said that they that he did anything inappropriate. It may come out at some point. Who knows? Um, but he has sort of been lumped in with Gary Glitter and yeah, um, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Savile. Yeah. And... As far as we know, up to this point, when we're talking, Chris, yeah, we, certainly not in the same bracket as that. He he ha, he had old-fashioned, not very nice opinions about women. In yeah, other words, yeah. they should look beautiful and swan around and probably not be terribly intelligent, etc., right. etc. But certainly not a sex pest, as far as I can. But tell. conversely, you were saying that he gave, he wrote lines. In, in his work, he did. In, he did going back to the fifties and sixties, yes, and into the seventies. But then, I think what he thought was, what works with my show is these sexy girls yeah. doing doing stuff. I'll do more of that. I'll do more of that. They'll have less clothes on. They'll do more right, pushing right. their groins into the camera lens. And and so when you watch the later shows, it's also I think he ran out of ideas. Right. I right. think he was old. He was ill. He was lazy, and. I wonder if I don't know. It, it it it's kind of sad. I mean, I never found him funny, but also the fact that people automatically hate. But the thing you said about Ben Elton and and women chasing. Yeah. yeah so Benny. So what? Sorry, I, I was. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. You asked me this, and I and I went off on a tangent. No, no. Um. So come come the early eighties. Um. 
Ben Elton, and so alternative comedy came along yeah. and swept everything away that had been before. Yeah. It was a bit like when Look Back in Anger was written, you know, all plays that went before were suddenly old yeah, yeah, and irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. They have come back now, I would argue. And, and, of course. And Look Back in Anger looks pretty dated now. Um, but, uh, so Ben Elton went on to the Wogan show, which was watched by everyone in the country yeah, pretty yeah. much. And he said... It seems to me that if women don't feel safe in a park at night and Benny Hill is chasing women around a park in his shows, then that's worrying. Yeah, and yeah. I think Ben Elton has a very good point there. I, yeah. don't, I don't think you can... I wouldn't disagree with that. But, but he got it wrong in the respect that Benny Hill didn't chase women, they chased him. And I know that we're dancing on the head of a pin there slightly, but... What it indicated is that Ben Elton had never seen the show, had he? If he got it so badly but, but, wrong. But when you you originally told me that, I immediately before you got to the punchline, I was thinking, yes, of course he he chased women around the park, and and, and that was him. And yeah, and it's not the case. So no. it's amazing how you look back and that, that it's, it's perception. You don't see things; you perceive things. And, and and yeah, yeah. And I think your history is yeah is a lot of the same. I, th I think I think some people who would defend Benny Hill's later stuff, and I'm not one of those people. Yeah. I think it's indefensible. Yeah, yeah. But I think somebody who would defend it would say, but he was always the butt of the joke. He was the loser. He sure, was the sad, sure. lonely man who could never get the gorgeous girl. Yeah. I think that's bollocks. Right. I, I, I think if you get if you, if you if the if the gag is a girl bends over and shows her knickers and a man leers at it. That is that's yeah. Uh, well, a it's not funny, is it? Well, that's the whole thing. It's, it's not a gag. There, there's no gag there. It's just not good. It's yeah, just yeah. awful. It's un unwatchable. And I mean, I say in my play, if you know, if 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 a man looks at a woman's breasts yeah. and she seems to not mind, yeah. you're giving permission, aren't you? Yeah. By doing that, you're giving permission to young boys and men who are watching that show, which was mainly his audience. Yes, yes. That that's okay. Yeah, that's and that the... isn't a message that you can send out, in my opinion. So, but what you're 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 saying? I mean, what is what is the message? If there is a message that's coming. From, from the play. Yeah, from the play. Well, it's not a you see, this is the thing. It's not a mess it's not a message play. Yeah. I've done yeah. that thing of staying out of the argument or yeah, I've tried yeah, to. Yeah. So what I've tried to do, Chris, is to say this happened, this happened, this happened in his life. This is the sort of comedian he was, because I do an impression of him and do some of his characters. Yes. Um and this is how he might have responded if he was challenged yes. by a woman who sees herself as a, identifies as a feminist. Yeah, this is the way he would um, respond if Mary Whitehouse, because he was he was he was um, attacked from the left and the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if feminism is on the left, which it not necessarily is, that's but right, you know, one right. one sort of makes that. So and and Mary Whitehouse and the, and the Christian fundamentalists, uh, you know. Um, they they attacked him from the other side, so he was, he was squeaked. Going back to your question, it's I I I I, I try to stay out of the argument. Yeah, yeah. In in the way that I think playwrights do. Yeah. I mean, please don't get me wrong. I am not comparing myself to this man at all. But Shakespeare always <laughs> stays out of the argument, doesn't he? Yes, yes. He he he, he doesn't say. This is what to think. He says, think. He he shows he doesn't tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think uh, 
please get, uh, believe I'm not comparing no, myself. I, 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 but, I have but, you now. As but, the one, but the yeah. one thing I, 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 I would like to emulate that Shakespeare did is to not come down one side or the other, but, sure. but throw a load of stuff up into the air and hope the audience respond one and, way or the other. And it sounds like people are doing that. They're going home and having discussions about it. I hope it. so, yeah. People seem to have done that. But but this goes back to your purpose for a play, that it, 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 there must be conflict mm. there. Mm. And it sounds like a lot of the conflict it, it goes beyond the stage. It, it becomes part of the audience. The, the audience feel that conflict and then they take that conflict home. And they're, Yeah, they're yeah. T- which surely is, is you're doing your job. Well, I've, I've, I mean, it, it, it has been said, and I, and I personally agree with this, that the audience is the other person in the play. Yeah, you know? yeah. There, there, are the, there are those people on the stage, and then there's the audience, and they're definitely a, a, a character in the in the play. They are a, a part of the the event that's happening that night. The audience, because so you, because they vary so hugely from night. So to you're night. exposing the grey area. I think are you? I I'd, I'd like to think I am. Yeah, yeah. I I've tried very hard. I've tried very hard to present the arguments as strongly as I can for each side. Yes, yes. At various points of the evening, trying not to give bias to one side or the other. Yeah, yeah. What I would really like, and I'm sure this I'll fail in this, but what I would really like is people that died in the wool. No question, Benny Hill is fantastic and yeah, shouldn't yeah, be yeah. even questioned. Yes, yes. If someone like that came to see the play, they might think, oh, hang on a minute, Ouch. maybe. Yes. And conversely, the person who thinks Benny Hill should just be consigned to history would come and think, oh, I don't know, maybe there's... Because That would be my dream. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think that's a, a great dream to have because both sides have kind of dehumanised and they've, they've made him not a person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. he, he he's become this object of misogyny and racism. Yeah, and uh, or or this character that we we love. Or but 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 you're you you've I don't know you've kind of opened that door and said come on in and let's have a. Well, I hope so. Yeah. That. Yeah. Do you think that's the way to to deal with prejudice? Do you think that's the way to deal with with all kinds of prejudice and hate and yeah. that kind of. I think it is because I think the da- the danger we have now, and I think this is being made um, brought into sharper focus because of the internet, which we both love. Yeah. But I, th- I there's that thing of uh, um, people are becoming a bit in one camp or the, or, yes. or another. Yeah, yeah. More Very and more so. now, you're either with us or against us, and um, that's how I felt in 1980. You know, when Margaret Thatcher was in power and. I thought you were either a Tory or yeah, you, were, yeah. you were a good person. Yes, you know, yeah. I, I don't quite think like that anymore. And and I think that goes across all, um, you know, from, from comedy to politics yes, to yes. to whatever, to literature. I, 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 what I would like to, uh, a person coming to see the play, yeah. What's Wrong with Benny Hill, I would like them to... Be entertained. I think it's important that yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. entertained. But I would like them to go away thinking, and I've had this from theatre people and people who never go to the theatre who saw the show. Yes, in yes. People have said, oh my God, I couldn't stop 
thinking about it brilliant. for a couple of days. Brilliant, like me and my wife brilliant. debated it. For yeah. Some there were some people who uh, friends of, who, who you know, um, three groups, three couples who got together and had a dinner party. So, and they 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 said much to my delight that they debated it all evening. That's they didn't fantastic. they didn't talk about anything else. Yeah. Which yeah. um, made, made made me very pleased. Whether whether you think it's a good play or not, whether you think Benny Hill's a nice man or not, if yeah. you go away, it's like Steve Sutherland who wrote the article in the in the Herald. I loved it. I I loved it. I mean, he he couldn't even he, he refused to call Benny Hill by his first name. He called him Mister Hill throughout. Wow, the he wow. was that. That's he angered. was that angered by it. Yeah, which was terrific. I thought. Yeah, well, yeah, because you've <laughs> you've certainly. Pressed a button. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I could talk to you forever, but um, what what I I often do, and and you're no different, is when when we career towards the end of an episode, uh, I ask men to make a commitment. I, I think that there's a kind of acknowledgement that men are aren't doing terribly well. I mean, I. I, I I sent you the shopping list of men's challenges just now. Mm. Uh, and what I often throw at people is, what what change can you commit to? You know, there you are, you're sitting in front of me in your, your late 20s. Uh, what, what... And, and, and it seems to be a bit of a rude question as well, because you're already getting people to think, mm. which I love. Yeah, it, it mm. absolutely thrills me. But... If I was going to put you on the spot, what what would you commit to as a as a as a man in the twenty twenties that would perhaps somehow help with nudging men in the right direction? It's a very good question. Do you know what immediately comes to mind is uh, listening? Yeah, that's something that I'm not great at. Right, right. I think. Um, I think if I'm perfectly honest, in a conversation, yes. whether this is more with men or women, whether, I, whether I'm different in those two scenarios, I, I don't know, but I, I'm often bad at listening. Right, right. And that is, that's something I would like to... Because I think if men in general could listen, yeah, yeah, properly listen, yes, and just take that time. There's a saying, isn't there? Um, listen with this. Listen with the same passion as you express your own ideas. Right, right. That's nice. I, I'm paraphrasing there. It's not exactly that. It's better put than that. But but the idea being that because I find myself in conversations, and I've, I'm even I've been doing it with you, Chris. Is that you're saying something, and I'm thinking of what I'm going to say when you when yes, you, when yes. you finish answering. Well, well, that's good because um, that's how my interviews work. I want you to say stuff. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> but if you do that in all the conversations that you and I have, then clearly you're a fucking wanker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I think it's important to come out as a fucking wanker in 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 today's society. Um, but you're right. Yeah, listening. Is, is that's a, the thing that's that that would that would spring to mind that that I would like to get better at, and I think men should generally get so, better. So at. how you can do that? What will you do? I think I will make a conscious effort yeah. to uh, do that. Yeah, and I 
will try in social situations and yeah. with my nearest and dearest put to pull people up on it. Right, right. Cool. So to my son, to uh, my mates, yeah. I think I might go, hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah. They were saying something. Yeah. Which I probably never do because I wouldn't. Interesting. Do you know what I mean? If you're, if you, if I was here with you and Ella and yeah, we were yeah, sitting around yeah. having dinner, and I yeah. thought, hang on a minute, I, I would think, well, don't do that because that's gonna. The evening's suddenly gonna go, whoa, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, we're yeah. all having fun, we're having a few drinks, and you go, no, stop. But maybe, second. maybe yeah. one should just have a little breather. Yeah. I suppose when you're with people that you love, you know, it's easier to do that because because yeah. you can challenge yeah. people and they won't. Most people don't take it to heart and they'll go, ah. Oh, Good point. Well mm. made, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you'd hope so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. Okay, right. I'm going to say thank you. I, I think when I said to you, we, you were saying, so how long do these things go on for? And, and I said, oh, well, yeah, anything between 45 minutes and an hour and a half. And we've been talking for about an hour and a half. And I think you, you, your eyes went, an hour and a half? You have got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> anyway, yeah. it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and really nice getting to know you a little bit better as well. Thank you so much, Chris. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot, Mark. Bye for now. Huge thanks to Mark. What, a, what an absolutely brilliant guest. If our conversation got you thinking, please let me know and share it about the place. You can find me at thepenisdialogues at gmail.com or on the platform previously known as Twitter at Dialogues Penis. Get in touch too if you or someone you know really ought to be on the show. It would be great to have you along. Remember, you can find links to What's Wrong with Benny Hill and The Blurb, where, amongst other things, you'll find out where and when the show is touring. Until the next time, I've been Chris Young. You've been rather fabulous. I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>